This is Subject to Change, a podcast from 90.7 WNCU about the state of Durham after pandemic lockdowns and a decade of downtown renovations. This is episode four, Culture and Film Preserved. Producer and intern Ayana Addison has been looking into the history of the Haiti Heritage Center and the annual film festival it holds. This is a story about Durham, about people remembering and taking record of the things that have happened here and of black art, culture, and film. To start, Ayana is going to take us on a journey through the history of the center and of the Haiti neighborhood in Durham. Then we'll discuss the current work and operations of the Haiti Heritage Center and its role hosting one of the longest running black film festivals. Here's Ayanna Addison. Durham is the first, second, or third city, depending on who you ask, in the research triangle, in addition to being the fourth populous city in North Carolina. Brimming with activities and opportunities for workers, families, and students alike, Durham is a city of rich history with just enough renovations to always find something new. However, even with all the new popping up in Durham, some of the historic sites still thrive, such as the subject of today's topic the Haiti Heritage Center, and its subsequent film festival. Much like Harlem's Apollo Theater or many of the museums dedicated to preserving the history of African Americans nationwide, the Durham Haiti Heritage Center is a historical landmark still functioning in the present day. Currently, the Haiti's day-to-day operation is managed by Angela Lee, the executive and artistic director. Graciously, she agreed to tell us more about the historic and present impact of this cherished landmark on the Durham community. The Haiti Heritage Center opened as a cultural arts and arts education venue in 1975. However, its history goes back more than 130 years to 1891 when the building that we occupy opened as St. Joseph's African Methodist Episcopal Church. The vision of Reverend Edian Markham and his wife Molly resulted in a place of spiritual healing, safety, social gatherings, and activism. That vision continued after the church relocated and community leaders resolved to save the building and formed the St. Joseph's Historic Foundation to manage the Haiti Heritage Center. Our mission is preserving and advancing the history, the heritage, and culture of historic Haiti and the African-American experience through programs that benefit the broader community locally, nationally, and globally. And with such a rich and complex history to preserve, it's best to paint the big picture as detailed as possible. Starting with the founders themselves, Reverend Ian Markham was a former slave. Once freed and educated, he answered the call for ministry. After marrying his wife, Molly, together they built the building that would become the Haiti Center. The foundation for the building was laid out by black masons, and the building materials were used from a black-owned brick company. Truly from its conception and construction, the building that would become the Haiti Center was a culmination of black excellence and collaboration. 
a fitting history for a place that would become a physical reminder of the pinnacle of black success during Durham's Black Wall Street days. The district that includes the Haytai Heritage Center was dubbed Black Wall Street by Booker T. Washington. W.E.B. Du Bois marveled at its tremendous success as an urban black community and considered it a model for other urban cities to follow throughout the country. It included everything that a community needed to be totally economically sustainable, from a hospital to school to bank to automotive repairs to barbershops, beauty salons. There was a hotel, there was a movie theater, there were social gathering places. Whatever a community needed to thrive, the Haytai community had it. It was home to a lot of professionals, educators, doctors, and the like, as well as skilled skilled laypersons. It was really quite a sight to behold and quite a model for economic success among African-American communities. A black utopia in its own right, the Haytai community thrived despite the Jim Crow laws of the time. The district was entirely self-sufficient and profitable. Unfortunately, all empires eventually collapsed, and the cause of Haytai's downfall was a highway. Black Wall Street continued to thrive until the installation of Highway 147, a part of the state's effort to implement so-called urban renewal, In fact, 147 was installed through, directly through, the Haytai community and decimated over 600 businesses and homes and displaced more than 4,000 families in the Durham community. The so-called urban renewal that was promised never happened and some 70 years later still has not happened, has not brought economic prosperity to the Haytai community or to the many generations of residents and business owners who remain. The destruction of this community in the name of progress that never happened, a true travesty. Only slightly alleviated by the continued functioning of the Haytai Center, it leaves to question what could have been if not for the callous disregard of the lives and welfare of the people in this community and other communities like it. What happened in the Haytai community also happened in other communities around the country. In the name of urban renewal, a highway was installed that went through the Haytai district and decimated over 600 homes and businesses. There was never any urban renewal and in the more than 60, almost 70 years since the installing of the highway, there has been no reinvestment, redevelopment in the Haytai community. And that's why ours is the last remaining structure, but it's also why the Haytai Heritage Center has such an impact on the Haytai community and on the Durham community. It's a place where community can gather, where they can experience some of the richness and some of the the extraordinary history that many of the residents who remained there experienced as children, as youth. 
there are generations of people who remain in the Haytai community. From what we know now of the depth of history about the Haytai Center, let's divulge into the now. What now is the mission of Haytai? What activities, programs does the center have? How does it serve the community? And does the center live up to its rich history? The Haytai Heritage Center has tremendous historical significance. It is the last remaining original structure from Durham's famed Black Wall Street and remains a cultural hub and an integral presence in the Haytai community in Durham and in the country. It is listed on the National Historic Register and is currently featured in People Saving Places, the magazine of the National Trust for Historic Preservation. The Haytai Heritage Center is a cultural hub an anchor, an integral part of Durham's Haytai community. We offer visual arts, performing arts, humanities, arts education programs, including, but not limited to, African dance classes, Kwanzaa celebration each year, the Haytai Lit Book Club, which is a monthly event, Jambalaya Soul Spoken Word Portrait Slam Team, the annual Haytai Heritage Film Festival. We have artist exhibits and exhibitions in our Lida Moore Merrick Gallery. We also present a music series year-round that includes music rooted in the African-American experience, gospel, jazz, blues, um, hip-hop, R&B, and classical. We also offer walking tours of the historic community year-round, and we offer facility rentals year-round. In addition to presenting core programs, we collaborate with several partners and host cultural arts programs. So our, our building comes alive almost every day of the week with cultural arts activities. And our newest program is a summer youth arts intensive that will also continue with year-round Saturday programming for youth between the ages of 8 and 15. The center, Lee says, is also there to support. It's a place where community can gather, where they can experience some of the richness and some of the, the extraordinary history that many of the residents who remain there experienced as children, as youth. There are generations of people who remain in the Haytai community, and we are there in part to provide healing because we know that arts are healing. But we're also there to provide support and to continue to be activists for the Haytai community, for the corridor on which we sit the Fayetteville Street Corridor, and for those people who are being threatened and pushed out by the extreme gentrification that is going on in Durham and elsewhere, and also by the redevelopment and the developers who are coming in and encroaching on homes and businesses and the property that once stood so proudly as a part of a very vibrant Haytai community. After a short break, I'll speak with the host and producer, Shemai Cook, about the ongoing legacy of the Haytai Heritage Center. You're listening to Subject to Change. I'm Ayana Addison. A public service of North Carolina Central University, WNCU-FM, Durham. 
You're listening to 90.7 WNCU's podcast, Subject to Change. I'm Ayana Addison. And I'm Shemai Cook. Ayana, you just took us through the backstory of the Haiti Heritage Center in Durham, one of the most important culture hubs here in Durham, in the city of Durham. Um, what else did uh, Angela uh, Lee, the director of the center, tell you about their current work? Tell us about that. One of the biggest goals of the center is to feature programming throughout the year that they say is to relate to the African-American experience. That would include a lot of those events Angela Lee listed before the break. It also includes programming to teach people about what happened to the Haiti neighborhood and to Black Wall Street here in Durham. Oh, wow. I didn't even know we had a Black Wall Street. We did. <laughs> wow, you learn something new every day. You sure do. Um, out of the programming, was there anything that you that caught your attention one of the annual programs that interested me was the Haiti Heritage Film Festival. I'm interested in film. I personally worked on a couple short films, some novice director roles, and some writing. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, so you're like a little Spike Lee here. Uh, uh, I wouldn't compare myself to him just yet, yeah, but but like yeah. hopefully, hopefully get there soon. Okay, okay. <laughs> all right, that's good, that's good. Uh, so what's the deal with the, uh, the film festival? What it's like? What else? Can you tell me about the film festival? Uh, let me just share with you what Angela Lee told me. Okay. In addition to hosting and having collaborative programs and events, we've had programs that have extended at the center for more than 10 years. Our poetry slam team, spoken word team, for example. Um, but one of our other longtime legacy programs is the Haiti Heritage Film Festival. We just completed our 27th year. This is an important annual event because it provides a forum, a platform for filmmakers of color, African-American filmmakers, to present their work to the community, not just the Haiti community, which is a community of color, but the entire Durham and surrounding areas. So we are really proud of the continued success the continued presence of this event. Five years ago, we brought on a different, a new curator, director, and she had a vision. Lana's vision was to be able to train uh, African diaspora filmmakers and exhibit films in the region and across the South that would really, really develop and ensure the future of a black Southern film ecosystem. And we have successfully presented films within the, the vision that Lana presented five years ago. Um, even last year, during a pandemic, rather than cancel the film festival and other, other presenters of festivals did cancel, but rather than cancel, we presented an all virtual film festival. It was very successful. In fact, we had participants from 23 countries. I'm sorry, we had presenters from 23 states and two countries outside of the United States. We are very, very proud of the, the way that the film festival has continued to soar and to grow. We've had some, some well-known films and well-known filmmakers involved. 
And she says those well-known filmmakers have done more than just show up. They've taught and held discussions at the film festival. Uh, notably, we featured an acting master class with award-winning, multi-talented veteran of stage, screen, and TV, uh, a wonderful, gracious gentleman, Mr. Obababatunde. We had um, a conversation with an award-winning director, editor, producer, and screenwriter, Mr. Sam Pollard. Um, we have um, we have had panel discussions with um, Anjanu Ellis, writer Shannon Houston, Amasad Bernie Scott. We have had a panel discussion on the black male image in the South with Mark Anthony Neal, Charles Burnett, Terrence Nance, and Kevin Wilson Jr. We have uh, formed the Haiti Black Filmmakers Collective, and we have also had discussions on Lovecraft Country Meets Black Girl's Guide to Surviving Menopause, um, and that's when we were so honored to have Academy Award-nominated actress Anjanou Ellis. So we have done some incredible work over the years, in these, and in these last five years in particular, as we have really focused on our vision to support Black Southern film, uh, this, this festival has really continued to grow and to soar. Beyond just being an important cultural event, it had emotional value and engagement with people like Angela and other people from Durham. I remember one year when the festival opened with uh, the Hillside High School drum line. And oh, wow, what a sight and what a sound to, to see and hear them marching into the center and into the performance hall down the aisle and up onto the stage. That was quite a moment. And another personal memory that I have was when then-Mayor Steve Shule joined us to honor our beloved, the late Mr. John Skippy Scarborough and his wife, Queenie. Mr. Scarborough was a, not only a, a, an elder in the community and a treasure, he's a former board member, and he also continued to come to Haiti and regale tourists, folks who were on community tours, with stories, his recollections of childhood growing up in Haiti and all of the wonderful things that happened, the people who came through here, the people who lived here. He's dearly missed, but it was a very memorable night when Mayor Shule honored, honored Mr. Scarborough as a part of our film festival experience. So I'd say the impact on this, uh, that this festival has had on our community is significant. 27 years is a long time, and the festival has had ups and downs, but we are stronger now. We're, we're better now than ever. Uh, it continues to garner attention locally, statewide, and nationally. We've had some international uh, presentations. The community absolutely is engaged with our festival, and as a premier African-American festival, it stands out, it stands above, and we will continue to honor the legacy of our history, our ancestors, through documentaries, through shorts, through full-length features, through panel discussions, and through other events that highlight the richness, the richness of the African-American experience.
I asked Angela Lee to share some of her memories from her almost 10 years at the center. One of my favorite personal moments was when we hosted the late Congressman John Lewis at the center and I had an opportunity to meet him. What an extraordinary gift to be able to interact with someone who meant so much and who still means so much to us. Um, There were many more. That stands out as one of my personal favorites. Another one was having the opportunity to share the space with the late Baba Chuck, Chuck Davis, an extraordinary choreographer, dancer, and more importantly, an extraordinary person who meant so much to so many and would come to the Haiti Heritage Center and find a place that resonated with him on any particular day to work, to think, to share the space. And it was an honor and a privilege to work alongside him. So events and even the existence of this center definitely gets personal and emotional for people. Without a doubt. Yeah. uh, So what was your interest in researching this story and learning about, you know, the heritage, uh, the the Haiti Heritage Center? Why were you interested? I was personally interested because of the film festival, but doing research on the actual building and the history of the building, I learned a lot more that very much interested me. They hold all kinds of events. Um, This past summer, they had a whole Juneteenth little, I wouldn't want to call it a cookout, but it was a get-together, like one of those... uh, Church field days, you get food trucks and everything, gotcha. face painting, balloon animals. It was a it was a whole event. It you don't see a lot of places like that anymore. And I think I would love to attend an event. Do you know about uh did you know about the uh Hey Heritage Film Festival before you started working on this story? I had heard of it because I'm a little bit of a film buff. I like to see whatever film festivals are near me. And mm-hmm. it was actually one of the closest that I've ever been near. So I heard I heard of it. I didn't get to go. I want to go. But yeah, yeah, I've heard of it before. Can you uh, talk about your, you, you know, your, the difference between the, these, the, the film festivals that you have gone into the past to this one? This one is a more grand scale, like it mentioned before. It's the largest one in the country for mm-hmm. specifically black artists, and okay. it's very rare to see for that for a film festival. My experience, my personal experience with film festivals were my after-school program, okay. Studio 345. Wow. It was a free program where they taught kids about different aspects of art, painting, okay. Photoshop, and, of course, film. That's where I was mainly. So you're you're a film major here at NCCU? Oh no, I'm yeah. not a film major. What what's your major? I major majoring in middle grades education. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. So what 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 made you, you know, be interested in, you know, film and I've always been interested in film. Love movies, love animation. It's more of like a side passion of mine oh, okay, than anything okay. I'm ready to make a career out of. Like Film school is known for being yeah. <laughs> expensive yeah, it is. and a toss-up, so okay, you're always going to need teachers. Yeah, true, true. My personal experience with film was learning about it through a free program in my city offered to students called Studio 345. The Haiti Heritage Center also offers their own kind of art and community engagement programs that teach people self-sufficient independent skills that they can take and build off of and that's a part of what makes the film festival so great when i was learning how to do film 
at the end of every quote unquote semester, we would have our own little film festival showcasing everything we did, what we made. We would would play live in front of an audience. The film teams, they would have their short film shown. Art would have their own little gallery for everybody to go. And any profit that you made, if your art was sold at the this little event that my program put on, you got to keep it. it. It went to a college fund that you got to take with you when you graduated. It was an awesome program. Now, as a film student, I didn't make any money because <laughs> they saw all of my films for free. But I did get the experience, which I think was a lot richer. Does the history behind the center, you know, change your your understanding of what's going on in the city of Durham? Of course, because I, I think like a lot of people, I didn't know there was a black Wall Street located in Durham. Me either. I didn't know it was teared down and that was the only thing left standing of the whole of the whole heyday. Mm-hmm. There were there was black doctors, black businesses, there's a black movie theater. I'm sure it would have been awesome to be able to see that, but it doesn't exist anymore. This is all we have left of it. Um what's something you think people who are new here, like myself, mm-hmm. and just started here at NC Central should know about Durham based on your reporting and your analysis and I'd say go to the Haytai Center. They have classes. They have programs. They have events that you can go to. Do you have scholarships? Um, Scholarships. Well, most of the events are free. But for, like, the classes, I think it's a rolling basis. Don't quote me on that, okay, of okay, course. Okay. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> so there are lots of things that they could they do for the community that they raise money for and that they know. didn't like how that one ended. All right. There's lots of things they do for the community, lots of programs that they offer and lots of events that they host Uh that not only uplift the community, but enrich it as well. Okay. What's one thing um, the the listeners should take away from this episode? Like the history of Durham, interact with the Haytai Festival, Mm -hmm. the Haytai Center, if you can. Like any... Any historical site, they 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 thrive off of donations and it being in use and people talking about it. Uh, thank you so much, Ayana mm-hmm. Addison, yes. for being on the show. Subject to change, I'm Shamai Cook. Uh, the action never stops. This is WNCU 90.7. Subject to Change is a production of 90.7 WNCU at the Department of Mass Communications at North Carolina Central University, the North Carolina Local News Lab Fund. Made this project possible. Lakeisha S. Freeman is WNCU's general manager. Cole DeCharco is our executive producer. I'm Ayana Addison. I wrote and produced this episode. Listen Thursday evenings and online at WNCU.org. That is WNCU.org.